This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. This is Ezubek. And today on Wednesday, we have the weekly shir in Agadot Avraham Avinu. Last week, um, in a slightly different context, we mentioned the Midrash where because Avraham is worried about his sins, the sins of his youth, and God says to him that your life is like dew. Tal. And the uh, the we didn't talk about the the meaning of the image, but we did speak of the of of the direct meaning of the idea of what's the relationship between sin and tshuva and what Avamavinu and the main topic then was actually Avamavinu psychology. That Avamavinu was worried about things. Um, but that provides me with the opening for today's Medrashim. Because among other things, God's answer that your past, so about the sins, the sins of your past are like the dew that evaporates in the morning. And this is connected, among other things, to our topic today. Namely, the relationship between Avraham Avinu's youth and his, and his old age. What the Medrash we read last week said, is that it's gone. Avraham Avinu's youth, it's talked about the sins of his youth, but nonetheless, the sins of his youth have simply evaporated. They're not in the past. They're non-existent. And therefore, they don't weigh on, or they shouldn't weigh, on Avraham Avinu's psyche. He should not be worried. He should not be anxious. Because he no longer bears that burden. And as it turns out, Midrash several times returns to this idea that Avraham Avinu begins anew from scratch. Not necessarily, as last week, at the point that he became a Baal Tshuva, that his youth as an idolater is gone, and only his maturity as an Oved Hashem. But it, it, it talks about different points. The first Midrash is in Parshala Metet, which is what we're reading, Midrash Yud Aleph. God is speaking to Avraham, and he tells him to go to Israel, and he promises him a certain reward or providence, among other things, or, or just a future. First thing he tells him is that he will become a great nation. And it says the Medrash, Amar Rabbi Berechia, Eten Mecha, Asim Mecha, Ein Khtivkan. What is Escha? I will make you into a great nation. Meaning I will give on to you a great nation. But Asimcha, I will put you in charge of those. Avraham Avinu is not a great nation. His children are a great nation. From you will come a great nation. Why does it say I will make you into a great nation? The Escha. And the answer that Rabbi Barachia gives. Ela Escha. Mishani Ose Otacha Biriya Chadasha At Perei Urovei. In one sentence, the Bechi says that Favor Avinu to become a great nation begins with us having children. God is saying to Avinu, I will make you anew. When I make you into a new creature, then you will be able to. Then you will have children, many, many children, pray or vey, the question taken from Breshit, pru urvu. You populate the whole, the whole earth of the entire Eretz Israel. 
What is this Midrash referring to? This is a theme which is repeated many times in the Midrash, specifically about the infertility of Abraham and then Sarah, and the consequent and the subsequent birth of Yitzchak. That it wasn't merely, it shouldn't be viewed merely as Abraham had a problem and God solved it. Being infertile, in the case of Abraham, and being fertile afterwards with two different people. Vincent Midrash says later on in, in Parshat Vayera that it wasn't just that Sarah hadn't had children. And of course at the time that she did have a child, she had already baloti. She no longer was even appearing to be fertile. She was in menopause. The Midrash says she didn't have a womb. She didn't have a problem with, with ovulation. She didn't own a womb. Her body was not the body which physically resembled that of a of someone who has children. In other words, some people, they have, by looking at them, examining them underneath an x-ray, you can see that they were made to have children. It doesn't work. Something is broken. But but Sarah didn't appear to have children at all. And the miracle of having children was that she was physically remade. And, and Ahmedra says that, of course, that would, would be sufficient to explain the problem. That Sarah was an Akara, as Pasuk says. The Sarah Eshet Abraham, Lo Yalada, she had no children. It was her fault, perhaps. In fact, Abraham did have children from another woman, from Hagar. But the Midrash says that, no, no, Abraham was in a car as well. He was also infertile. How that works out with the story of Ishmael, eh, I don't know. It doesn't make a difference, actually. The Midrash is not so interested in, I think, in the details of the facts. At the time Yitzchak was born, and maybe before Ishmael was born, after Ishmael was born, it wasn't only Sarah. Abraham and Sarah together were Akarim. And here our Midrash, Rabbi Bachya, says it, Simply, he draws, he draws the conclusion from those other um, descriptive midrashim. God said, Lechatchila, before the whole story began, God said, Avinu, I will make you into a great nation. I will change you. I will make you from scratch. Because only after I make you into a new being, Biryah Chadasha, only then will you be Prey Uveh. So here we're not talking about Avram being born again when he discovers God, but Avram being born again, made again, recreated when it is time when he will be answered, his prayers will be answered, and he will have a child, he will have Yitzchak. And I think here the idea is quite clear, much more than last week, that at some point in Avram Avinu's life, you have a radical beginning. There's a break between Jewish history and human history, as expressed in the life of Abraham Avinu, who is the Jewish nation and the beginning and the progenitor of all of all Jews. It's interesting that Vedrash places that point, obviously for reasons that have to do with the story, but I'm thinking of the consequence, not in simply Abraham Avinu being an Obeid Hashem, until Avram Avinu has, until he's ready to have Yitzchak, he's not a nation. Now, it's not when he becomes a great nation. That'll take hundreds of years. 
Okay, but the great nation begins not when Avraham Avinu is an individual. As long as he's one, he's not a nation. When there are two, that's the beginning of the story of the Jews as a people. So the personal life of Avinu begins now, in the beginning of Lechacha. But the the career of Avinu as the Jewish people encapsulated, not as a particular tzaddik who we know will become the Jewish people, but but Avinu as the, as the seed, but the seed of the people, not the seed of himself, is only later. And that's the point of the break. And that's why it's this matter of history. Avraham Vino as an individual, I think, does continue. I mean, he's the son of his father. But the Jewish people are not descended. They're not part of the Semitic tribes. Obviously, sometimes we say the opposite. For instance, in Haggadah Pesach, where we are enjoined to remember Pasuk in Pashat Kitavo, it's Pasuk in Yeshua, that then later on is 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 Midash in Pashat Kitavo, that Arami Oveid Aviv Ayered Mitzrayma. And one of the perushim is the basic pshat is that it goes back to Terach as the pasuk which is quoted in the Gada proves that they were obdei avodah zarah that we used to be idolaters and then we became then we became worshippers of God. It might be important to remember that there is a, a view which doesn't view it as you weren't born on the moon. Yes, you 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 came out of idolatry. But Ahmed just says that that coming out of idolatry, becoming worshippers of God, is a break. It's a, it's you came from Terach, but you were remade to be who you were. And again, not Avraham Avinu, because I think the Vedas wouldn't want to say it about Avraham Avinu. Anybody, even an idolater, can do tshuva, can change his life. There is no limits to what a person can do. But this idea that there's a people who are dedicated to God's name, who bear God's name. The Shekhinah is B'tolcham. And God's presence in the world is in them. And not on any individual who will worship God. That's a break in divine history. It's a break in the plan for the world. History of the world before the history of the world after that is two different kinds of histories. And that's exemplified by Bambino's personal life whereby he is made over. Now, the idea of being made over to have children, I think, has other ramifications as well. It, 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 it's because Rabbi Yecha can say this, not merely because Abraham Avinu and Sarah have certain bodily defects which have to be fixed, as I mentioned. And, and therefore, in order to, I think the, the stress of the Midrash that says that physically they were remade is said to magnify the message of Rabbi Brachia, not the other way around. It isn't because Rabbi Brachia noticed some other medrash who had a, a reason to say, oh wow, look at the greatness of the miracle that took place when Salah gave birth. Let's call that the Eschad HaGagadot. It's the other way around. In order to exemplify physically the basic idea that Avraham Avinu is remade, so the medrash will later on say it involved his body and it involved her body. There was major surgery, so to speak, being done here 
and not small things. But the main point is that Avraham Bino is being recreated. And that is also connected to the very important idea of what it means pray uve. It's not, I think it's not by accident that the Midrash uses a term taken from Parshat Bereshit. Not Mishani Ata Gadol. But Ata or Ata Yoled Ben. El Ata Prey There's a separate idea here. Being alive and being creative are two very different things. Sure, this expression I used the wrong one. In the eyes of Chazal, not being able to have children, not not producing, means you're not really alive. It's a different kind of life. The Medrashim in Breshit, which I'm not going to go back now and read, but you can find them, refer a number of times to to creativity, to Piriyavirivya, as being one of the characteristic marks of man. In contradistinction, not to rocks, but to angels. There's something, you can be good, an angel is good, he serves God, but he's not human specifically. There are three things there. This, I think, is the most important one. Specifically because he's lo porever over. And therefore, it makes sense to say, Rabbi Yecha, that if it's true, the Rabbi Yecha doesn't merely not have a child, but he can't have a child. It means he's not a creative individual. Even though he does many other things that are very important. But if what you do and I think this is especially true about that Hashem. Abraham Avinu was a tzaddik who does what God says. It's not the same thing. There's something wrong. It, it can't be that the Ruach Hashem Shebetochal, the Spirit of God, the holiness, is not is not fecund, is not is not productive. Then then it's dead. If it's dead, it's not really kedusha. There's no real shechina in Abraham Avinu's life, despite everything. If you don't see it producing more because God is creative. God makes the world and human beings who are forever aware are reflecting the presence of God in that sense. And therefore, for Avraham Avinu to become suddenly creative, productive, fruitful is a remaking of his personality. is a recreation of his body. What I said before is not to explain that, to explain why God did it that way. I think God's trying to make a point. It's one of the explanations for why he is infertile and infertile. To stress this point that he doesn't have Yitzchak merely because he was born to Terach. As a natural being in the world, Avraham Avinu would have been the end of his line. Yitzchak is not related to Avraham as a son of Terach. But Yitzchak is related to Abraham who was recreated anew when God said to him, years before he was actually born, when God said to Abraham, that speech of God produces Yitzchak and not the natural biological continuation of Yitzchak from Abraham. And that's why God, or what is it? it's, it's the reason we're giving now, that's why Abraham and Sarah were infertile and only became fertile afterwards. Because it's a new beginning. Because Am Yisrael is a new beginning. Another Midrash, similar, but I think subtly different, 
is found in the continuation of this very same piece that we're, that we're reading. At the Midrash quotes, at the Midrash brings, something which Rashi quotes, that the promises God makes to Abraham Avinu at this point, are designed to reassure him from those things which traveling to Eretz Israel will in fact, perhaps, uh, impugn, namely, having children, becoming famous, having riches, etc., being a wonder is not a good thing, then the Midrash returns some way to similar thing to what we just said, and in fact, it's said in the same name, Rabbi Berechia, B'Shem Rabbi Chelbo Amar. So it's Rabbi Berechia again, in this case it's the name of his teacher, Rabbi Chelbo. What does it mean, Va'agadla Shemecha? The last thing said, I will make your name great. You might think of all sorts of explanations. The Bidrash decides to interpret it actually very, very simply. Literal pshat. In this case, in this case, literal pshat is a drush. Because literal pshat is, I will make you famous. And we might have a tendency not to interpret it that way because, I mean, really, what, what's... God is promising to make him famous. I mean, Abraham Avinu yearns for fame. And how does he make him famous? I mean, where, where do we find it later on in the actual story? But the Midrash says, yes, it means I will make you famous. And what does that mean, famous? So it says as follows. In later Hebrew, that really means his fame came out into the world. In modern Hebrew, the word monitin is your reputation. For instance, a uh, professional reputation is called monitin. Your reputation has your integrity and your and your reputation. But of course the word monitin, a little Latin root here, what the word actually means is a coin. In ancient times, and maybe in modern times as well, the king or the government or an individual could mint a coin, you'd put someone's face on that coin. Famous people, kings and queens, have their images imprinted on coins. That's called monitin shalahem, your own money. And of course, in the ancient world, that was PR. That was public relations. The person was famous because his coin circulated, since he couldn't appear on the internet or on television. So God says to obviously now we're deep in Dorosh, God says to your coin will be one of the coins which will circulate worldwide. Okay, so what it means is you will be world famous. Maybe not in his lifetime. I don't, I don't, I don't know of a medrash, at least not a medrash rabbi, which somehow tries to explain or mentions that Avraminu was particularly famous in his lifetime. You have medrashim that say that he was very prominent in Eretz Kinaan, which is good enough. I mean, in his local country, but here it says Ba'olam, your monitin, your coin will circulate worldwide. So I think presumably the fulfillment of this is in the future. Just like Paschal Gadol, you'll be a great nation, is way in the future, even after his death. Avraham Avinu, yes, is world famous. He is one of the most famous people to ever be alive. 
in history, in world history. Who's never heard of Avraham Avinu? One way or another. But the Midrash will continue using its own simile of a coin that circulates worldwide. And the Midrash says as follows, Four people had their monitin, their coins, circulate worldwide. The first one is Avraham. I'll make you into a, a great nation. I think it's a mistake. It should be on his coin circulated. Now the Midrash adds, meaning, not what's his reputation. And the answer should be, oh, a great tzaddik. What did the coin look like? We're sticking now to the, the physical emblem of ancient reputation. What did Avam Avinu's coin look like? The answer is Zaken Uzakenah Mikan Bachur Ubachura Mikan. Imagine, if you will, I don't think Chazal actually ever met this particular coin. He's saying, imagine, you will, that the king is putting out a coin and he puts an emblem resembling himself. Usually they put pictures of themselves looking victorious in war. Perhaps wise. Avamavinu's emblem, his coin, showed a old man and old woman on one side, on the other side, a youth, a young man and a young woman. That was the emblem, that was Avamavinu's fame in the world, was a coin bearing an image on one side of an old man and an old woman, on the other side a young man and a young woman. It doesn't say so, presumably I think it means... Omonitin is a picture of yourself. A picture of Ramavinu and Sarah on one side is old, on the other side as young. It's a very, very interesting picture. What does it mean? A few points. First, the point I don't think is essential here, but I think it's true. That I've, the question was, what was Ramavinu's fame? And the answer is, Ramavinu's Sarah. You don't find these expressions in the Chazal later on concerning Av, uh, Yitzhak and Rivka, or Yaakov and Rivka and Yitzhak were two very different individuals. Their roles were different in the story. Yitzhak has one relationship with Yaakov and Esav. Rivka has a totally different relationship with Yaakov and Esav. What happens to Amisal? Rivka pushes A. Avon pushes B. What, what, what were their contributions to Amisar? What were their accomplishments? Two different things. Medrash is saying that Avram and Sarah, their personal relationship was that they were a team. For instance, a Midrash which everybody probably remembers from Rashi, when Avram Avinu actually comes to, goes to Eretz Canaan, he takes with him, asher asu And the Midrash asks, what does it mean, Asher Asu B'Charan? The souls which they made in Charan. It's very similar to the question in the Medrash I quoted a few minutes ago. What do you mean, God will make you this? What do you mean, they made souls? They didn't make souls, they uh, gathered them, perhaps. The real Pshad, I mean, the, the Pshad Pshad is the souls that they bought. We're talking about slaves. But it's still an unusual expression. If you haven't made a Shabbat, it's Lametet. Medrash Yudalid. 
אם מתכנסים כל באי עולם לברוא אפילו יתוש אחד, אינם יכולים לזרוק בו נשמה? The entire world couldn't make even one mosquito if they tried to make it from scratch. ואת אמרת את הנפש שעשו בחרן, and you say that Avram, they, it's in Lashon Rabim, the souls which they had made in Chavan, they couldn't make it. אלא אלו הגרים שגירו. It refers to גרים, people they converted. This is pre-Jewish history. The souls that they gathered and brought underneath the wings of the Shekhinah. And why did it say, אסור? אם כן שגירו? So let it say that. בנפש אשר גירו בחרן. למה אסור בחרן? ללמדך שכל מישהו מקרב את אבוי את כוכבים ומגיירו כאילו בראו. To tell you that, another recreation story. God recreated Abba Mavinu. Abba Mavinu recreated numerous souls. Because to convert someone, to bring someone close to God, the way that Abba Mavinu had done to these non-Jews, it's as though you created them. As though. Abba Mavinu had recreated them. Okay, that's not my point. That's just a, a, a side thing. My point is, is that it says it, ואת הנפש אשר עשו בחרן. ויאמר אשר עשה, למה נאמר אשר עשו? אברהם אבינו is the subject of that sentence in פרשת לך לך. אברהם אבינו took סבא his wife and lot his nephew and the souls which he had made in חווה. No, it says אברהם אבינו took שרה and שרי and took lot and the souls which they had made in חווה. Why they? אמר רבי, הונא אברהם היה מגייר את הנשים ושרה מגיירת את הנשים. לוט is not considered a possibility here, that לוט also was engaged in this. The plural subject of the souls which they made in Chavan refers to אברהם and also שרה. Because אברהם did, שרה did, they had a division of labor, אברהם worked with the men, שרה worked with the women, okay. But the point was that they were, they were doing the same thing, they were on parallel paths. And that, that's the first point that follows from our Midrash, that the Monitin of Amavinu was Bachu Bachura Mitzad Achai. They're not going to have names here in this particular Midrash. A team of old people on one side, a team of young people on the other side. But my main point is not that. My main point is the very image of this unusual coin. Youth and old age. I don't think it means that Amavinu was one time young and one time old. That's true of everybody. Why, why is that a symbol of Avraham Avinu's life? And just as an example, the next Rani Major says, the second person whose monitin was circulated worldwide is Yahushua. And what was his coin? An ox from one side and a ram from the other. It has to do with his... It, it symbolizes him. He was the conqueror. Avraham Avinu's symbol is that he was old and young. Of course he was old and young. Everybody was old and young. I think what it means is that he was old and young at the same time. It's a little different than our first Medrash. It means that he was old and then he became young. That would be in terms of the birth of Yitzchak, but here I don't think it means he was old and became young. It means that Avambino was both old and young at the same time. Even though he was very old, started his career as a religious sage, as a prophet, at the age of 75, began to be fruitful at the age of 100. Reached the Akeda at the age of 140. 
Avraham Avinu was essentially very, and Sarah as well, were essentially young. Now perhaps that's also a reason why God had to remake them. Because what they did, they didn't do as old people. It wasn't an old message. It wasn't the wisdom of the ancients. Today you could come to me and I teach you Torah. I teach, someone who teaches Torah today is an old person. Because he's teaching ancient wisdom. Our sages are old by definition, even when they're young. They're called skinim. They're the sages. But Vama was teaching a new message. He had to be young to teach it. He was revolutionary. Revolutionaries are young. Sages are old, revolutionaries are young. Vama was a revolutionary. The birth of Yitzchak, of course, was something that he had, you, you have to be young to do that. To have children, you have to be young. Vama was creative. He was producing new things. And beyond that, it could very well be that Chazal is saying something about Avraham and Sarah's personality. The Rav once said about Sarah, Pasuk says, Vayu chayei Sarah, speaks Pasha, Ma'at shana, V'esrim shana, V'shavah shanim, Bat kuf kebat chaf, Bat chaf kebat zayin. When she was 100, she was like, when she was 20, when she was 20, she was like 7. The Rav in a hesper he once gave, said that it means, it's not just about how pretty she was, or how innocent she was. It was about how innerly innocent she was. Even when Sarah was 127, she was like a little girl in terms of wonder, in terms of freshness. When you get old, you become tired. Avraham Avinu is, is making revolutions, teaching other people Torah, producing children, founding the Jewish people. It's not the actions of, a, of an old person. There's no tiredness. There's no weariness. There's no worn-outness. And that's what the Midrash means. Zaken uskena mitzadachad. They were really old. And perhaps also qualities of old age which are, are important. Wisdom, etc. But on the other side of the same coin. It's not a historical coin. It's the same side. This is who they are. They're both old and young at the same time. Both Abraham and Sarah. The team was Zaken uskena mitzadachad v'bachu u'bachura on the other side, Mikan. Last week we discussed as an aspect of Avram's personality his insecurity, his anxiety. This Midrash is a different aspect altogether. In a way, they both arise from the same point. Avram Avinu is setting out into totally new areas. On the one hand, that itself is a cause, perhaps, of the anxiety described last week. On the other hand, the ability to do that, the ability to constantly innovate, including when he was much older, the Akedah, 140, is also going to a land, Asher Eka, going into the unknown, where no one has gone before, where God is not telling you exactly what to do, and only you're figuring it out, conquering new mountains, the ultimate mountain, Har Yerushalayim, the Beit HaMikdash, Avam conquered at the age of 140. A different aspect of his personality, an important aspect, which explains why he was Avram Avinu. Other people who would be tzaddikim perhaps couldn't have done it. Because even though they're tzaddikim, until they became tzaddikim, they no longer had the ability to produce other tzaddikim. They could change themselves to do God's will, but could they found and create a new situation on the ground. Avraham Avinu was 
in old age perpetually young fresh a discoverer a person who appreciated discoveries the wonder of the new the innovation the strength the enthusiasm which we associate with youth sometimes to the detriment but here it was combined with age and that combination the coin of Amavina was the combination of old age and youth and normally impossible combination the men of Amavino and Sarah so unique and that's it for today be back next week with more Midrashim and explanations of the life of Amavino in the Midrash until then call to the Shalom Rav